Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoy this message from our Youth and Young Adult Collective Service with Pastor Elijah Luna. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. I just feel ready to preach. Is that okay? I want to share what God put on my heart. I actually shared this message in my church. Um, and after I spoke the message, God put it on my heart. Like the next place you speak, you got to share this message. And so I haven't shared this message. I don't speak a lot, so it's been like three months since then. Um, so um, I, this message, I believe, and then when Pastor Isaac called me and he said, hey, uh, he texted me, he said, I want you to speak at the collective service. Uh, I knew the word I was going uh, to speak. So I believe tonight, I believe that God has a word for you. Do you guys believe that? So I just, I want to pray. Can we all bow our heads and close our eyes? Father God, as we come tonight, Lord, I just pray that you get all the glory, Jesus. Lord, I pray the only name that gets lifted up is your name, Jesus. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you move through me. You speak through me, God. And I just pray to open every heart, every mind to hear the word of God. Help us not to leave the same way we walked in. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. How many of you guys know that we serve a God of more? Do you guys believe that? That we serve a God that continuously wants to do more, do more in our families, do more in our schools, do more in our jobs, do more in this church. And we, we serve a God that is not stagnant. Do you guys believe that? So as I was praying and I was praying, God, I want to see revival. How many of you guys want to see revival in this group? Who knows what revival is? A, revival is a church word. If you don't know what revival is, basically is people turning away from their lifestyle of sin and turning to God. That's revival. And I want to see, and I was praying, like, God, I want to see revival. I, want, I don't want to, re- I want to see revival in my family. I have family. How many of you guys have families that don't know, you have family members that don't know God, right? I want to see revival in my family, in the church, in my kids when they grow up. I want to see revival. And as I was praying that, God gave me this text. And he gave me this scripture. And as I started to re- uh, read this scripture, God gave me a word. So it's in, we're going to read in, the, uh, in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verse 10. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, before I read the scripture, I'm going to explain what's happening. Uh, Peter and John are going into church. They're going into the temple. And as they're walking into the temple, there is a man who's been crippled since birth. And he asks Peter and John, hey, can I have some money? Okay. So he asks Peter and John, can I have some money? And I love uh, Peter's response. He said, like every youth and young adult, he says, I don't have money. Okay. Like most of us here, I don't have money. But what I do have, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. So he said in that moment, I don't have something, but I have someone. Turn to your neighbor and say, I have someone. We have someone. And how many know his name is Jesus Christ? And so he says, I don't have something. I have someone. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And in that moment, he got up and walked. By the power of Jesus, he got up and walked. But what amazes me about this story is that they laid the, the, the crippled man at the, at the temple every single day. That means that normal church members would walk through and either, number one, didn't care, or number two, they didn't believe what they had, what Peter and John had. So he, so he gets healed. And then Peter, like any normal preacher, begins to preach, right? He stands up and preaches, and it says that 5,000 men got saved in that moment. And here's the thing. It happened outside of the church. See, and if you see, revival broke out. 
Revival broke out. But anytime revival starts to break out, beware of the attack. And so, so, so revival breaks out, and here comes the attack, and the officials take, uh, the, the soldiers take uh, uh, Peter and John, and they take them into the court, and this is where we pick up the story, and they arrest the, uh, Peter and John, and they ask him this simple question, where did you get this power? So if you guys have your Bibles, your phones, we're in Acts chapter 4, verse 10 through 13. I always make my youth group pull out their cell phones, and none of them bring their Bibles, right? So they have the Bible app. So I make them pull out the cell phone and, and look up the scripture. So we're in Acts chapter 4, verse 10 through 13. Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ of Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Can I get an amen? For Jesus is the one you refer to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they can see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. I was praying like, God, I want to experience revival. God, I want to see something I've never seen before. And God, what God spoke to me is this, that revival is a byproduct of people being revived. I'm going to say it again. Re- revival is a byproduct of people being revived. Peter and John were revived. They had life flowing through them. And they had, they had so much life flowing, flowing through them. They didn't wait to get into church, but they preached outside the church. And 5,000 men got saved, like I said, outside of the church. See, when you are revived, revival will follow. When you are passionate for Jesus Christ, people will begin to be passionate for Jesus Christ. When you are passionate about living for God, people will take notice and they will start to live for God. And so here's the question tonight. How do I get revived? Do you guys want to get revived tonight? How do I get revived? And I, and I, and I pray them like, God, how do I get revived? And, and the answer is in this text. Let me read you the, this, this the last portion. It says, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they can see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. How do I get revived? Here it is. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. The title of my message tonight, it's more of a question. Have you been with Jesus? They recognized no special training. They weren't special, ordinary men. And they're, they're just normal men and women. But here, here's the thing. Normal men, have, they, have you been with Jesus? They recognized that these men had been with Jesus. I honestly believe in my heart that this world doesn't need more degrees. This world doesn't need more experts in church growth, programs, leadership 101. And I'm not saying there's not a place for that. But I think this world needs youth. Young adults who have been with Jesus. Can I get an amen? Come on. Have you been with Jesus? And I'm not talking about Friday night. This is amazing. You ha- Come to youth, right? Come to young adult. Come to collective service. Go to church on Sunday. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your private devotion between you and God. No one watching. No one cheering you on. No spotlights on you. No, no, no one watching you through social media. It's just you and God. Have you been with Jesus? I'm talking about private devotion. No one watch. See, see, what God spoke to me is that, you know, I want revival, but am I willing to pay the cost? Am I willing to pay the cost? God, use me in big ways. God, use me. I, I, I want to speak about you, Jesus. And, you know, my dad, who's here tonight, 
Uh, he, he always, t- he always uh, w- would tell me as a kid growing up that a lot of, a lot of kids, youth, young adults want the stage, but they have nothing to say. But how do you get something to say? How do you get something to speak life into others? It's by the words of God, by being with Jesus. I love Peter. When he's faced in front of this council, he, what does he do? He, 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 uh, he quotes the scripture. Look, if you read it, he says that the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. He got that from the Bible. He quoted the scripture. So here's the thing. He knew the word of God. That means that he's, he spent a long time with Jesus. Have you been with Jesus? See, tonight, that's, if I can sum up my message, that's pretty much it. Have you been with Jesus? How many know there's a big difference between knowing someone and knowing about someone? How many of you guys follow, like, uh, your uh, athletes? Uh, who, who has social media? Instagram, Snapchat. Uh, do you guys still have Twitter? I have Twitter. Twitter. I don't, I don't use Facebook. Do you guys use Facebook? No? Okay, yeah. So, so those three, Instagram, Twitter, a Snapchat. How many of you guys follow, like, your favorite artists, right? Rappers, uh, actors, uh, uh, athletes, right? And, and so, you know, I was talking to some of the youth last, I think, about two weeks ago, and they are talking about this rapper, and they are talking like they knew him. Like, they are calling him by first name basis, right? Because that's what social media does. It feels like we get a glimpse of their life, so we feel like we know them, right? And, you know, one of my favorite players in the NFL is Derek Carr. Go Raiders. Where are my Raider fans at? No, okay, one person. That's how bad, that's how bad we are this year. That's how bad. <laughs> how many you know that? I, I follow Derek Carr, the quarterback, and, and, and I, I see, I know his stats. I know how he did last year. I know what his kids look like. I know what his wife looks like. I know what he, I can see what time he works out, right, because he posts it on social media. And, and here's the thing, I know a lot about him, right? Have you, have you guys ever ran into someone that knows you, but you don't know them? Oh, my. It's, okay. Here, here. I'm going to share a secret with you, with you guys. Uh, I am really bad with names, okay? So it takes me a while to, to, under, to, to learn someone's name. And, so, and when I run into people at the gym or, or somewhere and they, and they know me and I don't know them, I'm, like, trying my best to work a conversation for them to say, talk about themselves in third person so they can say their name. And, I, and I'm like, okay, please, please say his name. So I, I ended like this. Okay, bro, I'll see you later. I just call him bro. All right? So to, but how many know it's awkward when you don't know, when someone knows you but you don't know them? But then I think about my wife, my beautiful wife in the back, Denise, Luna. I think about my wife. I, we've been together for over 10 years. Yeah, freshman in high school. I can't tell kids in high school not to date because I dated when I was a freshman in high school. Uh, uh, so, it, it, so freshman in high school, got, we've been married for five years, right? So, so here's the thing. But I know Denise. I know her. I've been, I know when, when I'm in a group of friends. And I want to tell embarrassing, uh, an embarrassing story about her in front of everyone, right? And she gives me that look, like, like that, just that look, like, you better shut up. You better not share that story. You're in trouble, right? And, I, of course, like a good husband, I keep my mouth shut. Or I know when, when, she, when, I, when I call her on the phone and I can, I can tell by the tone of her voice that there's something wrong. Or when I walk into a room and she, she's bothered by something. And, and I can tell that, that she doesn't even have to say a word. I can even tell the way she texts back that if there's something wrong. Why? What's the difference? And how many know if I ran into Derek Carr at the mall, at the grocery store, and I said, hey, Derek, it's Elijah. How are your kids? It's like, who are you? Get away from me, you little kid, right? 
you stalker. But here's a, it, it's a difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone personally. And I feel like we have a generation that knows a lot about Jesus but doesn't know him personally. See, it's different about knowing about someone and knowing someone on a personal level. Peter and John were ordinary men. No special training in the scripture. Doesn't that make you feel good? That these men that were used by God were just ordinary men. Sometimes we read the Bible and we put these men and women on pedestals, right? Like they're so great, but a lot of them were jacked up. A lot of them didn't have it all together, but what did they do? They had, they had been with Jesus. Ordinary men, ordinary men, no special training in the scripture, but look, 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 look at this. But they recognized, they recognized, see, when you live for Jesus, people will recognize. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. Can I get an amen? Come on, let's give God a praise. I was, my dad got sent out of this church about how many years ago? 12 years. Wow. It's been a long time. Um, I was raised in church. I know the church lingo. I know the people, to, I, know, I don't know the type of people to stay away from in church, the people that shake your hand and look at you in the eye. Hey, how you doing? They look like into your soul, right? I know, I know, the, I know, I know the, the ins and outs of church, and I, and I realized a couple of things. Two ways to get a big crowd. Two ways to get a big crowd. Number one, especially for teenagers, if you have free food, they will come, right? Free food will get the crowd to come. I've had teenagers come and eat the free food, and they try to leave. I'm like, no, no, no. If you're eating this food, you have to hear me speak, okay? You got to stay here. Free food, and here's the second thing that will draw a big crowd, is get a prophet, an evangelist. Because they're coming. I'm not saying prophecy is bad. We need prophecy because it encourages us, right? But, but that will draw a big crowd. Why? Why does that draw a big crowd? Not, and, I, and I believe that, that they move in the prophetic. That's good. But I think it draws a big crowd because people rather, they rather hear from a man who's been with Jesus and speak a word over their life and then get, instead of getting alone with God themselves. It's a lot easier to just show up to a service and, 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 and hope, hopefully, that, that that prophet speaks a word instead of getting alone with God and having God speak to you himself. God, God told me to share this message, okay, guys? I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not pumping you up, but here's the thing. It's, it's easy to want a revival, but it's different on, on a Monday night when The Bachelor's on. And you know, man, I haven't spent any time with God, right? Or a Monday night when you just want to do Netflix and chill, right? Or Fortnite. Do you guys still play Fortnite? Yeah. Fortnite. Or, you know, see, see, we, we say we want this, this move of God, but it's different when God's calling you, hey, you need to wake up maybe 10 minutes early to spend some time with me. You know, and, and, and we, 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 we start to contemplate in our mind. I know I do this. Wow, I, I'm so, I need, instead of waking up 20 minutes early, I really need this 20 minutes of sleep. Like, if I don't get this 20 extra minutes of sleep, I'm going to ruin my whole day, right? And so, so we, 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 we say we want revival, but we're not willing to pay the cost. Can I ask you a question tonight? Have you been with Jesus? And again, I'm speaking from experience. My alone time with God. My alone time was with God was listening to podcasts and sermons online. That was, my, that was my time with God. I would say, okay, God, this year, I'm going to go deeper. This year, God, I'm, I'm seeing everything you have for me. Instead of listening to one sermon, I'm going to two sermons a day. Come on. Instead of listening to five worship songs, I'm going to go to six. God, I'm going deep this year, right? Instead of, instead of listening to one podcast, I'm going to listen to two episodes of the podcast. And that was my relationship with God. 
And, and, and as I was doing that, I'll listen to sermons at work. I felt like God spoke to me. It was so quick, and he said, that's not enough. That's not enough. And as, when I started to get alone with God, just me and Jesus, everything changed in my life. Everything. Everything. See, we can't substitute sermons online. We can't substitute podcasts, Sunday, Sunday morning church, Friday night Bible study for being alone with Jesus. For being alone, it says it says in God in God's word that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's no shortcuts to God. There's no shortcuts to God. And I wanna I wanna encourage you tonight. I'm not talking about love. God loves you, right? God's never gonna love you any more or any less than He does right now. All right. So I'm not talking about trying to earn God's love. I'm not try, I'm not talking about trying to earn God's acceptance. But what I am talking about is impact. I'm talking about influence. See, see, God can't give more influence to those who don't spend time with him. Why? Because when you begin to spend time with God, you begin to understand God's heart. You begin to understand God's desires. You begin to understand how God loves others. You begin to understand how God puts others, how, 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 he, how he looks at other people. And you get all that by spending time with God. See, it's dangerous getting a position or getting influence or even being a Christian Without spending time with Jesus because it turns into, it goes from relationship into religion. The disciples were, it says they were unqualified. No special training in the scripture. They were, they were the guys, you don't have to say anything. They're the guys in youth that are like, oh man, he's coming. <laughs> oh, she's coming. Oh, they're, they're, they're the people that, you know, maybe in, the, in your youth group or young adult group that, that they weren't the coolest they didn't have it all together, right? And, and that, that was the disciples. And then you have the Pharisees who look good, right? They, they had the, how do you guys say it, swag, right? That everyone, everyone wanted to hang out with them. Everyone wanted to be like them. They, people looked up to them. And, and, and you have two different types of people, but one was so far away from God and the others were so close to God. What was the difference? The, the Pharisees had all the qualifications, all the special training, but the disciples had been with Jesus. See, it even says that, 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 Peter says it, the stone that the builders rejected. He's talking about the Pharisees. That, that, that God, you're getting, Jesus, you're getting away of my desires. You're getting, away, you're getting away of my goals. I have my plans, my future ahead of me. But then the disciples said, but Jesus has now become the cornerstone. The disciples looked at Jesus and said, I'm building my life on this, on this rock. There's nothing, there's nothing else in life than, than having a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, God doesn't look at the outside. God doesn't look at your past. God doesn't look at your qualification. He looks at the heart. And how does he purify our hearts? By getting alone with him. Can I ask you a question tonight? Have you been with Jesus? I want you to hear my high-pitched, squeaky voice when you leave here tonight. And have you been with Jesus? Can, I get, can, we, can we give God a praise? Come on. My mission tonight, and I, I would love to have a message that would hype you up, get you excited, but my mission tonight, this is the word that God put in my heart. My mission tonight is have you leave this place and say, I got to get along with God. I got to get along with God. I don't, I don't care if I have to move things around. I don't care if I have to wake up a little early. I don't care if I have to go to bed early. I, 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 have, to get, I have to find time to get alone with God. And so I want to name real quick three things that happen when you get alone with Jesus. Three things. Number one. Power. Everyone say power. It said, where did you get this power from? In that moment, it says in the word that Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parent, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. This verse is insane. You know why this verse is crazy? Because he's talking about the people in the church. This verse is not talking about the people outside of the church. It's talking about the people in the church. See, this is what happens when you have people who come to church on Sunday, come to church on Wednesday, and, and, and don't have a no alone time with God. You begin to slip into this kind of life, lifestyle. I don't know about you, but I've done a lot of these things on this list. Right? Come on. And, and so you begin to slip into this lifestyle. And it says that you have a form of godliness, but you deny its power. It doesn't say the power is not there. The power is there. But it says you deny it. You have a form of godliness, but you deny its power. To live in a world like this, to live holy and righteous for God, you need the power of God. Can I get an amen? Come on. You need the power of God. And you can't do this on your own. And you get the power by being with Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10 it says, when I am weak, then I am strong. This verse used to bug me. I, what, I'm like, God, this doesn't make sense. When I am weak, then I'm strong. I don't understand. This is like a contradiction, right? When I am weak, then I am strong. But I believe this verse is saying this. When I am weak, when I realize how weak I am, when I realize that I'm not, I, I can easily fall away from God, when I realize that I need God every day and I come before God in my weakness and I say, God, I need your strength today, in that moment, in that moment, the power is released, and then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. When a believer doesn't spend time with God, he's saying, I can live this life of faith by myself. Can I ask you a question tonight? Have you been with Jesus? Number two, boldness. Boldness. It says that when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, see, when you get alone with Jesus, you get bold for Jesus, Right? You get bold for Jesus. I, um, my son, he just turned two years old on, um, thank you, Tuesday. <laughs> he just turned two years old on Tuesday. <laughs> oh, man, I'm horrible. Okay. When, <laughs> when he was first born, my, I was so it's, so, it's so different having a kid, right? And I, I was so excited. I was so overfilled with joy. And, and I, I used to go into work. And show my coworkers, hey, you want to see a picture of my son? Oh, yeah, yeah, let, let me see. And then I'll go on the next day on Tuesday. Hey, you want to see a picture of my son? So, okay, Elijah, here, show us the picture. Wednesday, hey, you want to see Elijah? We know what he looks like, right? We've we, we seen him on Monday and Tuesday. We know what he looks like. And the, my coworkers used to get mad at me because they're saying, okay, just we'll ask when we want to see a picture of Troy, all right? Don't, don't come up to us. And, and I turned into that dad that, that opposes nothing but of his wife and his kids on Instagram, okay? If you don't like it, unfollow me. Anyways, why? why? Why is that easy for me to do that? Because I love them. I'm not embarrassed of them. I'm not ashamed of them. I'm not, I'm not trying to hide them. And, and I see this, and, and we see we have no problem promoting our church events. Right? We're not embarrassed of our church. You guys should not be embarrassed of this church, okay? Some, maybe some people are embarrassed of this church, but this, this is a great church. You're not embarrassed of your youth group. You're not embarrassed of, of the church events you, uh, you do. But here's the thing. What happens when the name of Jesus gets brought up? Yeah. 
It's kind of like, well, it's okay, yeah, come to my church, come to our church. But then when the name of Jesus gets brought up, it's like we get a little embarrassed. It's like, oh, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, come on. Am I just the only one? I'm being real tonight. We, we, it's easy to promote for things, but when the name of Jesus comes, we, we kind of get shy. The boldness isn't there. Why is that? Because here's the thing. Private time with Jesus produces a public boldness. When you get alone with God, he becomes so much more real to you. He becomes so much more special to you. And you, and you start to say, man, who's talking about Jesus? Hey, what, what are you saying about Jesus? Can I get in this conversation, right? So when you get alone with God, he becomes real to you. Boldness. You know, I had the, the biggest fear of public speaking. Like, I was that kid in class in high school. I'll show up late, and I'll sit in the back of the class. If you can tell, like, I'm like, I'm super white and pale. And at, at 8 o'clock in the morning, I had these big bags under my eyes. So the teacher would pull me after class. She'd say, Elijah, look it. You cannot smoke weed before you come to class. All right? You, if you're going to do it, do it after class. I said, I'm not getting high. I'm just tired. She's like, okay, whatever you say, Elijah. So the, every, te- every teacher thought I was high at class. So, <laughs> so, but I was that kid in class where I'll sit in the back. And if, and if, you, if I had to give a speech, I'll, I'll tell the teacher, give me an F now. I'm not going to get up there and talk in front of people. I'm going to pass out if I go in the front and talk in front of the class. Give me the F. I'll take the F. And that was my, that's how I went through high school. But here's the thing. Something shifted in my life when, what happened when I started to get alone with God. I said, I'm never going to preach on a stage. No way. But something shifted in me when I started to be with Jesus. Can I get an amen? Come on. I have a question tonight. Have you been with Jesus? Have you been with Jesus? Number three, last point. You get godly fear, a reverence for God, a godly fear. So now they're trying to contain Peter and John. This is what they tell them. So they call the apostles back in in, in Acts chapter uh, 4, verse 18 through 20. They called the apostles back in and commanded them to never again speak or teach in the name of Jesus. Look at the response. But Peter and John replied, I love this. Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. When you get alone with God, he starts to care more about what God thinks than what people think. You, God turns, the enemy will try to put fear into your life. If you do that, people are going to look at you weird. If you do that. Uh, people are, you're going to lose all your friends, right? You got, the enemy will try to put fear into your life. But when you get alone with God, you say, I don't care what I think. I don't care what they think. I don't care what people say. I, I, I care more about what God thinks over my life. Come on. You give Jesus a hand clap. Come on. See, all, all that matters to Peter and John is what pleases God. What pleases God. You know, I, I'm only 26 years old. I know, I know I look like I'm 18. I'm 26, okay? 26 years old. And, it took, and I feel like I'm barely getting this now in my life. I'm barely realizing this now in my life, that all that really matters is what God thinks about me. You know, I, I, I'm so honored to be preaching on this stage. I'm so, I'm so grateful. But here's the thing. Even if you didn't like it, at least I was obedient to God. Come on. You don't, you, you don't, know, you don't know how much freedom that, that has for you when you say, God, all I care is about what you think over me. Can I have the worship team come up? See, I'd rather look foolish for Jesus than be comfortable in my disobedience. 
I'd rather look foolish for Jesus than be comfortable in my disobedience. So a simple question tonight, have you been with Jesus? Have you been with Jesus? All throughout the scripture, Jesus was constantly waking up early, drawing himself away from the crowd to get alone with God. If Jesus needed to get alone with God, how much more do we need to get alone with God? If you're struggling in an area in your life, sin, temptation, go be with Jesus because it produces power. If you're struggling in your faith, you just feel like you're always afraid, go be with Jesus because it produces boldness. If you're constantly worried about what people think, go be with Jesus because it produces a godly confidence. You begin to see who you are in Christ. You begin to see your identity. I want to share one more thing with with you guys tonight, and then we're going to worship. In Psalms 103, verse 7, the Word of God says, He revealed His character to Moses and His deeds to the people of Israel. Talking about God. He revealed His character to Moses and His deeds to the people of Israel. See, if you know anything about the Old Testament, Israel was, was constantly struggling in their relationship with God. One minute they'll worship God, and the next minute they'll make up idols and worship those idols. And they'll go back and forth, back and forth. And it was like their relationship, their relationship with God was, was like superficial. Because it says that they, they had the deeds. It says that, that he revealed the character to Moses, but his deeds to the people of Israel. See, the people of Israel love the gift more than the giver. But then we have Moses. Moses, it says that God revealed his character to Moses. There's a story in the Bible where where God says, okay, you can go into the land. You can go into the promised land, but I'm not going to go with you. He basically said, Moses, you can have the blessing, but you're not going to have me. And what does Moses say? Oh, no, no, no. If you don't come with me, I'm not going anywhere. If I don't have you, I don't want the blessing. What's the difference? It's because Moses knew the character of Jesus, while Israel, the Israelites just knew the deeds of Jesus. And I, I think we have a generation that wants the blessing of God, but we, have, we want nothing to do with God. We want the gift of God, but we want nothing to do with the giver. What's the difference? What was the difference between Moses and the people of Israel was Moses got alone with God. He, he met God on the mountaintop. Jesus died for our sins. You guys, you guys know that, right? He died so we can have life. He died for our sins. But here's another reason why he died. And I think we, over, we overlook this because I don't think that we, we, we see it as valuable. He died so we don't have to go through a man to get a relationship with God. We can go straight to God. That's another reason why he died. So we can experience the presence of God in our car, on our way to school, on our way to work, at home, in, in our private, in our room. We can experience the presence of God. That's another reason why Jesus died, so we can have that one-on-one relationship with him. Have you been with Jesus? I, I believe that God put this word in my heart because, because I believe what God's going to do in this church, what God's going to do in this church is going to take not just the leaders getting along with God, but it's going to take you guys getting along with God. That when you guys show up aren't ready to serve, when you guys show up having been with God all week, revival will hit. And people will come in, more people, new people will come in, and you guys can be leaders to them because you have been with Jesus. Last story, and then I'm going to, we're going to pray. 
See, if we're going to see impact in this world, it's going to take youth, young adults that have been with Jesus. My dad got sent out of this church 12 years ago. And uh, I, I remember I was, I was in seventh grade. I took it hard. But the person that took it probably the, the hardest in my family was my older sister. She was a, a junior going into her senior year in high school. And so imagine going to school with your friends all up to your junior year. And then she, then a senior year, you have to go to a new school. You, you, you don't know anyone, a new place. So she, she was kind of, she, she, she took it hard. She gets, at, it's, uh, she gets on the school and she decides, I'm going to open up a, a Bible club. I'm going to call it New Life on the campus. I'm going to open up a Bible club. And at first, you know, she had, she had a little resistance, a resistance from the school because they're like, I don't know if we want a Bible club on campus. Well, she, she ends up opening up, up they, they let her do it. So she opens up the Bible club, and it starts off with like two people. On Friday, on Friday at lunch, two people will show up. And then it went to two to five. Then it went from five to ten. And then by the end of the year, it was over 100 kids going to that Bible club. On a, Friday, on a Friday at lunch, people getting saved. She, she started bringing in people from the outside to come and speak. And, and she met her husband through that school. And, and revival hit that school. And still to this day, that Bible, that Bible club is still going on. Come on. And I say, I say that story to say this. You can look at that and say, man, that's just the hand of God is just on her life, which is true. You can, look at, you can look at that and say, well, it must be in the genes. Her dad's a pastor. Her mom's a pastor. But I remember when I was in eighth grade, trying to, at home, trying to go talk to my sister. I wanted to see what she was doing, and the door would be locked. The lights would be off, and I'll hear worship blaring in her room. She was crying out to God. And then I'll go the next day, same thing, door locked, lights off, crying out to God. Next day, same thing. Lights off, music blaring, her crying out to God. See, we saw on the outside, it looked like, man, God's just using her. But I saw the private devotion that no one saw. I saw the times where she locked herself in the room for hours praying to God. See, I think we, again, I'm not talking about the love of God, but I'm talking about impact, influence. If God's going to take you deeper, you got to get along with God. See, all it takes is one person. She was in a school that she did not know. She, but she said, I'm going to make an, I'm going to, I'm going to be revived and revival hit that school. It takes one man, one woman that would, that would be willing to pay the cost. I have a question for you tonight. Have you been with Jesus? Have you been with Jesus? I think that a lot of our churches are filled with people who've, who, who go to church every Sunday, Friday and Wednesday, but you never see them really grow. You never see them really develop. Why? I think because a big part of it is because they're not getting alone with God. I don't know about you, but I don't mind fighting battles. I don't mind struggling, but I don't want to struggle with the same thing I struggled last year. I don't want to fight battles the same battles I fought last year. I want to grow. I don't want to know the same word and the same Bible verses that I knew last year. I want to grow. And how do you grow in Christ? By getting alone with Jesus. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes tonight? Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.